The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello there, I'm your host Peter Strachan. Welcome to Stockhead's Rock Young. Grand Gulf Energy is an ASX-listed but USA-focused company that has been subsisting for many years by producing petroleum products from the Gulf states of America. However, last year, Grand Gulf Energy made a radical turn towards a potentially much more lucrative area of business, leveraging off its expertise to look for helium in the state of Utah's Paradox Basin. Here to bring us up to date with developments that have seen active trading in the stock over the past five months and get an update on plans for testing the Jesse 1A well and ongoing projects through 2023 is the company's managing director, Dane Lance. Welcome, Dane. Can we start by asking you to briefly tell us about your background in the resource exploration so far and how you came to join Grand Gulf? Yeah, well, thanks for having me first, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I've got almost 20 years uh, background in the upstream EMP business. Like many people from Western Australia, I, I segued out into the resources industry and worked with Woodside Energy for nine years. I actually cut my teeth putting together the field development plan for the Pluto LNG project. Uh, started out as a reservoir engineer, so a fair bit of development background and worked on uh, multiple major and mega development projects over the years, um, including with Ophir Energy, one was Tanzania LNG project, and with Oil Search. And uh, the further I got in my career, it was more and more experience in exploration and mergers and acquisitions and investments. So looking at a lot of assets and, and covered a lot of areas, uh, Australia, Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, Southeast Asia, and the Americas. Um, so through a few colleagues, um, I was looking at Grand Gulf Energy and it just looked like a perfect fit bringing that development experience in. And when I saw the project, it really had all the ingredients it needed to be a great story and its success. So I was pretty keen to get in front of it. Can you just remind the listener about Grand Gulf's deal to purchase Kessel Resources and the consequent earn-in terms for the company's Red Helium project and funding that was put in place at the time the deal was done? Yeah, so in September last year, Grand Gulf Energy made a strategic pivot to become a pure play helium explorer with the acquisition of 100% of Kessel Resources. Um, so after the leasing program and the drilling of the initial well, we now have a 70% working interest with a right to earn up to 85% with a further $3 million uh, commitment. And Kessel Resources was working together in the project uh, with Four Corners Helium. They're now our technical JV partner and operator of the Red Helium project. And they're really an asset to have. They bring four, over 400 years combined experience. And a lot of that is helium exploration and where we are in the Paradox Basin and um, including our drill manager, Doug Frederick, Who's, who's drilled the wells right next door. Um, so he knows, he knows the area well. And then, uh, you know, helium, helium explorers are actually quite hard to find. And the team at Four Corners Helium's mapped over 9 million acres. Yeah. So, uh, helium, the gas, uh, a lot of listeners may not know what helium's used for other than sort of party balloons. Uh, but, uh, could you, 
perhaps update the listeners on what's uh, happening in the helium market and what the current price of the uh, helium gas is. For sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting story. Never get tired of telling it. Um, there actually is a great margin on balloons, but it's got a lot of other very critical and irreplaceable uses. So first of all, it's not renewable. It's, it escapes to space from atmosphere. There's only five parts per million in the atmosphere. And it's only really generated deep in the earth over millions of years through radioactive decay. Now, it has a couple of unique qualities that makes it critical in cutting edge technical applications and in fact, irreplaceable. Things like being inert, good at transferring heat, very light and a small molecule size, all make it um, critical and irreplaceable to areas like the space industry, displacing rocket fuels and protecting uh, satellites in semiconductor and high-end fibre optic fabrication, and it liquefies at a very low temperature. So super superconducting magnets, think MRIs, and we're seeing huge growth in all these areas. And at the same time, the world's probably seeing one of its most severe and acute helium shortages it's ever seen. And it's just, it's actually as a structural imbalance. It's not 100% geopolitical circumstances or commodity cycles. Um, compared to the commodity markets, helium's been relatively unmolested. In fact, it's gone through the roof. And there has been some su supply shocks uh, but it really is that there's just not enough helium to go around. So the price has really shot up. Yeah, yeah. So recently we have reports of prices of $2,000 per MCF or 1,000 cubic feet and even up to $6,000 uh, per MCF. And you compare that to natural gas, which is floating around $8. So you're at a multiple hundreds of times price multiplier. Uh, if we go to the Paradox Basin, uh, what's the sort of geological characteristics of that basin that make it so uh, interesting for uh, helium? Yeah, so it, first of all, it's a prolific location. So it's known geology. We've got a lot of producing analogues around us. And these are high deliverability wells, which leads to high helium, uh, high helium rates at the end of the day, which really is the key driver. Now, it's the key economic lever go as far as to say helium rate is king but we've got the uh, Leadville Mississippi and Dolomite formation which is our primary reservoir and as I said it's it's a producing analog all around the region and above that we have 1700 foot of uh, the paradox salt formations helium being such a tiny atom it can evade all but the best traps so that that really is the perfect seal and uh, all our paleo structure and trap elements were, have, were in place for the last 300 million years, uh, which means we, we have a great fetch area and trap system for the, uh, the helium migration, which comes from the uh, igneous Precambrian basement. And I'll just point out the project has all the pieces in place. We've got the known geology. We've got producing analogues. Actually, on, on the acreage, we've got wells proving the helium system. We've now got a well that we drilled that proves the helium system and we've got a gathering system and an offtake agreement in place. The one other thing worth pointing out, and the project was put together with this in mind, is we're in the red state of Utah, which has minimal red tape. So for us, that's a project accelerator. It means minimal timeframes to get permits and, and move to a, we can move quickly to a full field development in a success case. So you can get boots on the ground pretty quickly. The basin also produces petroleum, 
Dane. So is the helium found in separate formations or is it mixed with methane and oil or is it just a, a separate uh, occurrence of gas? As the helium moves into moves into groundwater over millions of years, it, it prefers being in gas. So any gases that migrate through the subsystem, uh, subsurface have a tendency to accumulate helium. There, there are cases where that's hydrocarbon uh, hydrocarbon based, but also if you have gases like nitrogen and CO2, which are the two main carrier gases in our area, um, so we have minimal hydrocarbons and it really is a pure play helium. We've got the Doe Canyon field, which produces next door, which is a great analogue for us, which is primarily CO2 and nitrogen. Similarly, south of us, we have uh, McElmo Dome, which has a similar setup, the same reservoir trap seal and migration. And to the north in the Paradox and also all round, there are some proven producing hydrocarbon fields in the same uh, geologic setting. So how deep do you have to drill to get to these uh, target zones, Dan? So our, our primary reservoir target's about 8,100 foot. And uh, it, it, it's an interesting aside that we're actually drilling quite high there. We're at, we're at 6,850 foot uh, elevation. It's actually quite a beautiful area of the world. Uh, we're right next to the Abajo Mountains and Moab's just up the road. It's, it's rugged but beautiful. Yeah, so good if you wanted to go skiing, I guess, uh, in the winter. Yeah. So um, this uh, well that you've drilled at the moment and where you found some helium, uh, what's the status of that well now? Yeah, so we spudded a well in April this year, which was just over six months from acquisition of the project, which I think is a great uh, story uh, for a great example of our commitment to aggressively maturing and monetizing the asset. And in June this year, we announced the Jesse Discovery with, with quite a large gross gas column around 200 foot um, and helium concentrations up to 0.65% and a high bottom hole pressure. Uh, we're going back out in the next few weeks to flow test that well. We see the bottom hole pressure as the first leg of these high deliverability wells that we see of Doe Canyon. The, the next piece is just shoring up our expectations about the reservoir fabric or perme permeability. So we're pretty excited to be out in the field again soon. And we're aiming up, we're aiming to follow on straight on the back of that soon after with a second red helium project well as well. So Dane, these wells will flow carbon dioxide and nitrogen with the uh, helium dosed into it. Um, what sort of flow rates would you need to be commercial there at that sort of grades? And what's the path to market for the product? Do you sort of sell it at the um, the gate or do you toll process it and uh, sell the helium separately? Yeah, sure. So uh, we've run our economics reasonably conservative at around 5 or 10 million cubic feet of raw gas and, and similar to Doe Canyon, which is 0.4% helium. Now, we believe we have uh, higher helium. Uh, I, I mentioned that 0.65% number. We have some reasons to believe there's some upside on that as well. And a typical Doe Canyon well, the average production rate's around 20 million cubic feet per day of raw gas. And that leads to these very high helium rates, which I mentioned, and it's a bit of a project differentiator for us. Now, in terms of the path to market, as I mentioned, a big plus and another differentiator of our project is we have an existing gathering system running straight through the AMI. That gathering system is connected to the Lisbon Valley Helium Plant and about 20 miles north, 
which is owned and operated by our helium offtake partner, Paradox Resources. And we, we announced that offtake agree with, agreement with them earlier this year. So basically, as soon as we find a commercial discovery, we can put it straight into the gathering system with really minimal time and capex and produce it straight to market. In terms of the commercial terms, we announced earlier this year an industry standard type arrangement of revenue sharing at an 80-20 split, uh, 80% to Grand Gulf. And you've got a uh, byproduct there in the form of carbon dioxide. Where's the the market uh, for that? Yeah, so so I, I mentioned the Lisbon Valley helium plant um, across the road, fifteen miles to the east of us. We have the second of eight helium plants in the U.S., which is the Doe Canyon helium plant, operated by Air Products, a fifty-five billion dollar company. Now that field also exports CO two and it's a valuable commodity, and there's actually a bit of a shortage on that as well at the moment, and they get around 2% of WTI as a benchmark price, so $2. But with our offtake partner, we also announced a strategic alliance with Paradox Resources. Now, that had a number of elements. Uh, One of them was pathways to monetize the CO2, either through sequestration or enhanced oil recovery. So we actually have a lot of pathways for that product. Um, while I'm talking about the strategic alliance, it's, it's, it's worth mentioning that uh, there's really a natural match between the Red Helium Project helium supply and the Paradox Resources assets, uh, operational assets, and that, that alliance really seeks to exploit those corporate synergies of the assets together and the scale of our potential helium supply really opens up the potential for large vol- volume long-term supply contracts. So we aim with Paradox Resources to directly target high-tech end uses um, that really need that premium helium product and they need, need that stability for their operational plans. So that product also demands that premium price. Yeah, so Dane, um, once you've tested this well, you'll get a fairly good idea of what the the um, the numbers are going to be going forward. What sort of capital will you need to link this well up into that uh, collector system that you talked about? And what does it actually cost to drill and complete a well in this location when you seek to replicate the success you've had? It really is minimal capex we're talking uh, a few million dollars to get it into the pipeline and flowing and we as i said we can do that in a very short time frame we're talking months not years in in terms of the um drill and test cost for these wells we're around uh, three to 3.3 million dollars us we have seen some some slight inflationary pressures in the market given the sustained um high oil price but, uh, yeah, that's around where we're at. Yeah, and, of course, the cost of uh, your tubulars and so forth have been going up. Steel prices have, have been going up. So that all adds to the overall cost of, of uh, doing business there, I guess. Yeah, it does. It does. We've actually got some pipe on the shelf ready to go, but that's probably um, worth more than when we bought it now. So it's, it's a good thing to have. Yeah. So what's the sort of time frame that we're looking at here? And, how you know, what do we expect to see over the next uh you know, four or five months as we get up towards the end of this year? Yeah, so prior to the end of this year, in fact, sooner, uh, we're going to be going out. We're going to be doing the Jesse 1A flow test 
as I mentioned, that'll be followed by our second red helium project well. And in the event of a commercial discovery, and I'd be hoping for both, we'd be looking at accelerating them to production as, as quickly as we can. As I said, that realistically is months, not years, given the project set up. And then on the back of that success, we'd be looking to accelerate to a full field development as, as quickly as we could. Yeah. So it looks like a very interesting time. First, we've got the testing, the flow rate coming through, the drilling of a second well, and then linking in, hopefully by early next year, uh, cash flow starting to go into the coffers of uh, the company, Grand Gulf. Yeah, it, it is a great story. We really have that potential for near immediate monetization of the asset and generation of free cash flows that can organically fund future development and accelerate the process as well. So it, it's a really exciting time for the company and all our shareholders as well. There's a lot going on and I'm going to be looking forward to, to keeping everyone informed as we move forward. Well, Dane, thanks for coming into Stockhead today uh, to uh, give us a chat on uh, Rock Yarn. And I'm sure the uh, subscribers will be keen to follow the company uh, through the next four or five months as you move towards a, uh, a positive cash flow. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for having us, Peter. As I said, it's, it's in exciting times. 